0: Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring.
1: You get bored Hey, okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You you still have brown man run around
0: tight pants. Smokey bets. Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Bradford. That one's out to left center field. Harris is on the run! Two run opposite field home run for Harper. It's his first home run here in September, and the Phillies have stunningly tied this game at eight.
2: Tom McCarthy on the call. Bryce Harper going deep to allow for the call. That is your home run call of the day. Bryce Harper going deep for the Philadelphia Phillies who split their doubleheader with the Braves. Is this a preview? of a great, great postseason matchup. Perhaps, perhaps the juggernaut that is the Braves, they might be a little, little worried about the Phillies. The Phillies, man, how can you bet against them? We don't bet against them. FanDuel, thank you for allowing us to do those things, to not bet against the Phillies. Thank you for powering this podcast, this movement Thank you, FanDuel, for all that you do. Also, at BB isn't boring, at BB isn't boring, Twitter, Instagram, the whole works. Producer Evan doing an outstanding job. Yesterday, we had four podcasts in different forms. Four! Steve Wynn, Lenny Donardo, Baseball Project, Music and Baseball come together. Oh my goodness, it was so good. Then we had the Power Ranking, Power Ranking Podcast with Skiff... And producer Evan, oh, let me tell you, Braves, Orioles, Orioles, Braves, who you got? Then we had an exclusive with James Paxton, Red Sox pitcher, who has been shut down for the year. So why? What happened? Well, you can only hear it on Baseballs and Boring. That was a B I B on the go, James Paxton, and then we gave you a little extra just to top everything off. Aaron Boone's meeting with the media yesterday felt it was apropos considering, you know, 9-11, very powerful stuff. Also, the update on Jason Dominguez. All right, well, speaking of the Yankees, this is a fun interview. This is a fun podcast. Sean Casey, Sean Casey got a call to be Yankees manager. I'm sorry, not Yankees manager. Got a call to be Yankees hitting coach out of nowhere. And sure enough, that's what exactly what he became for the last couple of months. The Yankees hitting coach. Now, the Yankees numbers and their record isn't aren't exactly what you would want, I guess. But still, you can point to specific guys on this team, veterans who have taken a turn for the better since Sean has gotten there. And so we just wanted to talk to Sean and get his perspective of what it is like to live the life of a podcaster slash MLB network host and then all of a sudden be dropped into a major league club boss as a hitting coach in this day and age, in this day and age of analytics and everything else, it is a whole different ball game. So we sit down with Sean Casey to get her this unique perspective of that. Also, Kevin Euclis, you may know him as former Major League Baseball player and also the hitting coach for Team Israel in the WBC. He swings by to give his perspective of Sean, with Sean sitting right there. And to top things off, you are going to want to listen to the comp that Sean Casey gives Jason Dominguez. Holy mackerel. I know Yankee fans are feeling low after hearing this one. You're going to feel a little bit better. All right, here you go. Here's Sean Casey all right, maybe the best hitting coach I've ever seen in my life. Honestly, like, so, so let's, let's let's get to the chase, all right? You just were telling me sort of like how this yeah. came about. And I know you probably told this story before, but yeah, you haven't told it since, <laughs> since you were on this podcast at the winter meetings. Sean Casey, tell me how you became a hitting coach for the New York game.
1: Well, Bradford, first off, so good to see you, brother. Oh, yeah. You know, I was just in the Cape. I was just, I just saw you at Fenway when they did that showcase here with the, for the kids that were just starting out in the Cape, I think it was in June. Then I came back to see him at, see him in um in Orleans, and when I was coming back during that time, it was right at the All Star break, and you know I got a call from Booney around that time, and and uh, you know saying they they were might be looking to make a change in the, in the second half. Would I have any interest in coming to be in the hitting coach? And I thought you know, that sounds incredible. Oh, first of, hey of all the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. He goes with the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. It's a little different. It's a little different. You know what I mean? Hang on a second. No, all right, come on, come on, dude. Yeah, if you. Come if on, you dude. want to get in this? Hey, it's
0: got to be the worst interview I've ever heard. Next, well, the
1: that's next that's hitting well. coach right
0: here for the Boston Red oh. Sox. Well, he is a, no, he is a hitting coach for Team Israeli. Oh, yeah. you
1: are? Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. How did you guys do?
0: Yeah, we got no hits. <laughs> it wasn't official game, so it wasn't a no hitter. Oh my gosh! Wow, the two best hitting coaches I know dude. right here, <laughs> other than Dave. The best Mag- looking. Other than Dave Magan. The the best, best looking. Best looking. Yeah. looking. Yeah.
2: So, before before you let us
0: finish this podcast, (laughs) oh, is this a podcast? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 this is a podcast.
2: Yeah, so 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 what is yes? So what? Thank you. Um, Kevin Euclid, hitting coach for Team Israel? What advice would you give hitting
0: coach Sean Casey for the New York Yankees? A lot of (laughs) praying. A lot of oh praying. Just pray. Are, are we going to get one tonight? The last time I said it, you did it.
1: Ha! There goes Booney. Yeah, we got all the guys. I, mean, <laughs> we got the guys. No, yeah, I don't have enough
0: money. My, my best hey. advice for him is just do what he knows best. You know, this guy was a stud hitter. Knows how to relationship build. And that's me. the big... His biggest traits are relationship building, confidence, gaining confidence in players, and getting, like, guys to believe in themselves. That's it. I mean, at the end of the day... There's only so much you can do as a hitting guy. You, you, you provide all the information. It's information overload already. So it's about dissecting it, understanding the players. And he's good at about being a people person and being a people person, and understanding I can give this guy a little bit, I can give this guy a lot more, or you know, vice versa, or in between. And that's what he's going to be great. No,
2: he's the second guy from the 2008 team that said almost that exact thing.
1: Did, did well, I didn't tell you that you's my agent? So uh, I'm looking yeah, for uh,
2: Jewish <laughs> guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> The other one, Jed Lowry. I saw him at the All-Star. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Jed Lowry. He, All right. he's really right. smart too. Yeah, Jed is very smart. Jed's went to Stanford. I went to USC. You're
1: smart though too. He plays it off like he's not. Nice. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. He's very smart. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. brother's a drink in the 2008. I'm gonna let this interview go. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see. All right. It's, all right. Anyway, so only
1: only you, Bradford, could have no interview planned, and
2: then you got. Uh, Euclid, I mean, you got booty. I mean, you come got on, booty. let's get him over here. Like I said, I'm not gonna. Do, I had the other day, Sean. Uh, I was doing Ortiz in the in the uh, in the dugout, and Mookie comes over. Oh, you see that? Yeah, go. and I'm like I'm like whipping the microphone <laughs> around. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so my question is, when when Booty calls. Do you have his number locked yeah.
1: in? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Booty's a great friend. I played six years with him. At that's Cincinnati. right. Okay. I just want to make so, sure because it wasn't like one of my best friends in the game. And that was a big part of it too. I mean, you know, you know, just being able to be next to him, uh, you be with the Yankees. I mean, I, I, uh, the bottom line is any any person that's ever played Major League Baseball or been a part of this game wants to wear the pinstripes at some point. I mean, there's there's just that's the truth. And you know, for me, having an opportunity to do that it was it was a big part of this too.
2: How long did it take you? So you're driving.
1: Yeah, I was at the airport. I was at the oh, airport.
2: Come on, man! Yeah. What a flight yeah. that must have been. Like, so were you like? Yeah. Were you like? Spin, were you, it's your head spinning a little
1: bit? Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It was out of the yeah. blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was totally out of the blue. I was just you know ordering uh ordering some food. I think it was a Starbucks. I was like, yeah, really? give me the uh, mocha tonic or give me <laughs> give me a whatever they say cappuccino. Yeah. You know, with extra. By the way, All no,
2: the uh, milk. Uh, by the way, barista, <laughs> do you think I should become hitting coach for the? Yeah,
1: game? I was like, wow. <laughs>
2: uh
1: Yeah, I just I, you know had, had to obviously talk to a few people and, and but uh an opportunity you know especially if this was you know very unique it was you know uh, you know for the second half you know run and and uh you know just i'm very grateful to be here really
2: what is the thing that you did not like you think you know what a hitting coach does yeah but listen i mean like also all this information is. yeah dead. so what are, what are some of the things that you were not expecting when you got dropped in the seat
1: well i mean i think there's uh I think I think you know a lot of times I'm here. You're here a lot earlier than the players. Yeah. I'm like as a coach, you know, the, you don't get paid. The bus is at noon. Yeah. Yeah. You get, yeah. <laughs> I remember making millions, thinking, man, this is a grind. When you get here as a coach, you're like, wow. You know, I mean, it's like, it's 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 it's, it's different that way because your prep work is more before the game. Mm-hmm. You know, as a hitter, you get here. Your prep work is four o'clock BP, getting your cage work in, getting in early. You know, these guys are here a lot earlier than we were too, Rob. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. they're they're here. At, one. Yeah, you know what I mean, and they're getting early cage work in and stuff. So, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is that you know there's a lot of different information now. There's a lot of, you know, there, there, I have you know two different two assistants, Brad Wilkerson, Casey Dykes, mm-hmm. and some other people too. So there's there's a lot more resources now mm-hmm. than there was when I played. So I think it's just kind of getting used to that and and uh, you know, kind of leaning into to, um, to delegate. I would maybe. almost
2: imagine also that. You know, like you said, I mean, you got a great personality. You like, you just like, right. you, you talk yeah. to people, right? But, you know, in, was there any like, do I have to act this way? Do I have to act that way?
1: Yeah, I think so. Initially, yeah. you know, I listen, at the end of the day, this is a, you know, in Major League Baseball, Understanding how long of a season it is, you got to have relationships with guys, especially hitters. You know, you have to have, you have to. These guys have to know that you know what you're talking about. that know that you have their back. Know that, and get to know these guys. Get to know what makes them good. What are they doing when they're doing well? What are they doing when they're struggling? And uh, you know, just have the confidence to uh, be able to de- develop. When did those relationships. It, When
2: did you feel comfortable?
1: It was, you know, you know what I think. Initially, I felt like I was comfortable right away, just because, you know, me, Rob, I feel like I could talk to anybody and have a good relationship with people. But I think it took me a couple of weeks to kind of like settle in, really, you know, feel comfortable with all the guys, feel comfortable in what my routine was. I didn't know what my routine would be as far as watching film, going over some film with, uh, you know, Brett Wemper uh, and a couple other different guys, um, and to try to figure out, you know, what my routine was coming in. So it did take me a couple of weeks. You know, I, I thought initially, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just. Got right into this, but now that I've been in for a couple months, like man, those first two weeks, I think my head was like Exorcist. When
2: I, when I, this is a great uh, a correlation, but or analogy. When I was coaching high school basketball, the first thing that struck like, holy crap, I got to worry about five guys instead of one, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Right, right. I mean, and so this, I would imagine, is the same sort of thing. Yeah. Like, like yeah, if, if a guy goes zero for four, like yeah. you have to wear that, just like the guy who went four for. 4. I-,
1: I think what's incredible is when you're when you're by yourself. You know, when you're a player, you know, you obviously. You're with the team, and but you but you stand alone in the box. I mean, you have to be able to have your process right. You have to be able to hunt the fastball and look for off-speed stuff up and, and do it day in and day out, pitch after pitch after pitch. And you you wear the 0 for 4, the 0 for 8, 0 for the series or whatever, and you also feel good when you're 3 for 4. I think with... With these guys, you feel it all because you know how hard they work. You know, you know the time they put in. You know the, how good of a guys they are, and when they don't do well, you feel it from 13, 14 guys as opposed to just yourself. That must
2: have been tough to adjust. Yeah, man.
1: no, it does because the, you're
2: a caring guy and the emotions. Yeah. You know, your,
1: your emotions. You're you're, you're thinking like about things think all the time. What could you do to help them out? All that stuff, and so, so you know, it's, it's definitely uh, it's different as a coach because you do care and you want these guys to do well every night.
2: What are some of the, like the like you've you've obviously have some Really good hitters, congratulations. Yeah, yeah,
1: really good hitters. Yeah, some of the best hitters in the world. <laughs>
2: right. All right, so like this take Aaron Judge. Okay, yeah. Aaron Judge. You know, you and I are sitting in the in the hotel lobby at 6 a.m. at the winter <laughs> meetings. We're talking about Aaron Judge. Yeah. You probably have a whole new perspective of Aaron Judge now. So what is what is different about your perspective of Aaron Judge?
1: You know what's incredible about Aaron Judge is how good of a person he is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when the the greatest thing for the Yankees, you can understand why they why they gave this guy what he gave him. When your best player is also your best person, even, and you world. understand that even more, even more now. It, you know, I didn't it, know Judgey before I took the job. I just knew him as an analyst. You know, as a player, one of the best players in the game. But when you're with the guy every day and you get to spend time with him, and you realize the best player in that club, the best person in the clubhouse, is a real leader and a really good guy. Is also your best player, one of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a really good news for the Yankees and the whole lineup.
2: And so, when you're going through it, the, the other part about it is wins and losses.
1: Yeah, sure.
2: Uh, right? Sure. I mean, you, you, you've you been around teams that won and lost and yep. also, but it goes back to like the responsibility that you have. Yeah. You were dropped in and like, yeah. hey, you know what, let's win. And then, you know, yeah. it goes the other way. Sure. I mean, you, I guess the question is, do you sleep? Did you sleep? <laughs> do you sleep? Did you sleep? Was it harder to sleep in that, <laughs> in the last month than yes. it was at any time in yes. your career? Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, you know what? No, I've had some times of my right, sleepless nights right, in my right. career
2: too. I know one time when you but, took a flight to Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, that, that was not a good one.
1: Yeah, but my neck was in spasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think I've definitely had some sleepless nights. But also, you know, like I said, just to be back in this environment, to be back in the arena. You like it? Yeah, to be back in the arena with the guys, to be in the fight. You know, there's nothing like it in the world. So like to be you in miss the dugout. That. Yeah, you know, yeah, you you, you you don't know if you miss it, but when you get back in, you're like, wow, man, there's there's nothing like being in the being in the. You know, in the Did fight you ever
2: there. think? think mean, you're talking like and, and I remember and like all the great great podcasts, yeah MLB network yeah all of it I mean you're yeah. good at everything you do congratulations <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks Rob uh, you, you gave yeah. me a t-shirt once so uh, you were excellent at that um, but like did you ever think? Do you think eventually you were gonna get back into the dugout? Because also, and a lot of times, yeah. guys don't have that opportunity yeah. where they go to, to the majors. You know?
1: No, no. You know what? I, I have thought about getting back in the dugout, and I have talked to Booney before about it. You know, for years, because like I said, he's one of my best friends, and I'm always like, "Hey, one of these days." Well, one of these days came. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm just grateful. Like I said, I'm grateful that it's New York Yankees. I'm grateful that um, that I got an opportunity to do it with some of the best players in the world. It's just, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome.
2: How was a
1: shaving? <laughs> see. I know. Well, I got down to the mustache did and after did. that about I went superstitious. Were, were you Wait, gonna I, go with mustache? I, I did. Oh you First did. six days oh, mustache oh. and then I was like I didn't feel too good about it. Then we went one in five, so I was like, "I'm gonna shave it." So now I'm back to like. It feel good, my man. My mom has been asking me for 25 years to shave the goatee, and she's like, "You look great. Yeah. You look great without the facial hair." But,
2: but here's the thing: you've kept you've kept, you kept in shape.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, if you don't I, have the facial no, hair. You know? well, do you like, are you're,
2: you're hiding a lot of stuff under there. Yeah, right. uh, last question is: is uh, we got a specific person who Jason Dominguez? Because a yeah. lot of people talk about him, yeah. and people are sort of fascinated with him. Um, You know, he obviously you know it was sad that his season's over, but you had him for a little bit. Yeah. did Did you have any familiarity with him before he got
1: there? No, I just heard. You know, obviously his nickname is the Martian. You know, he's out of this world. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like I, you know, when he first came up in Houston, I was like, wow, this kid's going to be special. His bat speed, just the way he swung the bat. And I tell you what, the comp that I have with him is is a young Manny Ramirez. Really? The same kind of like you know. Sometimes you think Manny's like, hey, what's he thinking? You know. Jay, um, Jason Dominguez keeps it very simple. He <clears throat> does not fool a lot at the plate. He's he's up there hunting that fastball, but he can hit the breaking ball. Can hit the slider. Uh, and he's a, you know, obviously a switch hitter, too. But, you know, it just felt like I, I knew Manny when he was he young felt, in It felt the same way. It felt the yeah, same. That's right. you so Manny I knew Cleveland Manny too. when he was a young kid. Yeah. And then I had him in Boston here, too. But, yeah, like for one of the first things when I first met him was a very soft-spoken kid. And I thought, wow, it reminds me of Manny Is that
2: So as a hitting coach, when you look at him, where it's like, okay, you know, you're breaking down everything. And I don't know if yeah. you look at video yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're like, okay, this is simple. Just simple. Like, sim- let's, not, let's not jump in and say, nah, hey.
1: Just simple. And it's, it's a home run. run. Yeah, yeah. That was all because and of you. Four of them. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. Four homers in seven games. Yeah, The kid's just it's going to be a special talent. Big time power, can run a lot. It's gonna be a great center fielder. Um, you know, he'll be back. With well, the good thing about, you know, it's terrible that he had the UCL, but the good thing he's 20 years old. He's gonna bounce back from it. He's not a pitcher and you know he should be back hopefully at the hopefully at the latest at the All-Star break next
2: year. I have to just as you doing comps, Anthony Volpe, I get a chance to talk to you in spring training. Yeah. And he Does he remind you of anything? I
1: mean, just uh, a lot of great players that I played with. You know what I mean? A lot of guys. The whole whole demeanor. Just a professional, man. Just a professional. You know, like, you know, I think of like a Barry Larkin, a guy that was just uh, loved the game of baseball, showed up every day, played it hard. Uh, You know, when I look at Volpe, I'm like, man, this kid loves baseball. All he thinks about. And he's a, he's an incre- one of the best shortstops in the in the game right now, hands down, no doubt about it. Watching him in an, every day and just becoming a, be- uh, a, a going to be a great hitter yeah. too. The guy's just learning the game. He's 22, wants to learn, and uh, he's going to be. A, Man, you're so jacked up. I
2: can't tell when you. Yeah. you tell. <laughs> uh, but I have been asking this question, thought this is the last one. Yeah, I've been asking this question of a lot of players and people. What's the weirdest thing you ever signed?
1: The weirdest thing I ever yeah, signed.
2: Yeah, so it, I, so we've had toast. So the reason I, I started asking this, Sean, and like I'm like everybody, almost everybody has like some weird I answer. Know, it's funny. Toasters, 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 uh, prosthetic limbs. <laughs> oh I've gotten God. two socks.
1: Uh, I think one of the coolest things I ever signed was, at my last year in Boston, we were coming into Baltimore, and a guy had, uh, I'm sure he, it's somewhere, he had this big thing that he created all nick only people with nicknames on it really? baseball nicknames really so like Hammer and Hank Aaron you know like you know Mr. Cub you know uh, and, and, and the buke the God of Walks or whatever yeah, yeah. but I thought it was one of the, like, one of the coolest things that I saw was this guy it was just people that had nicknames <laughs> oh, yeah name.
2: thank god you had yeah. a nickname
1: yeah yeah I thought another one Johnny Lester I just, think back to when he he signed the golf ball he had the no hitter and over here in 08 he signed a golf ball for everybody he, oh he did I thought that was cool yeah Wait, so oh, I have a John Lester golf oh, ball so he from his no hitter Twenty-five. The golf. Ball? Yeah, yeah, it I'm did? like that's bizarre. So weird, John, but I'll take it. <laughs>
2: Alright, right, thanks, Rob.